If a man brings a woman 50 roses, he doesn't understand she's different from him. He thinks that's 50 points. That's a big score. That should last a month or something, right? You can bring one rose, you'll have the same response as 50 roses. And that is a surge of estrogen. Estrogen is where she feels well-being. And if she already has plenty of estrogen, then one rose actually is considered romantic. If she doesn't have much estrogen, you can give her one rose or 50 roses and it's not romantic. It's like, well, you should give me roses. I did all these things for you. Once we understand this dynamic of women's hormones, men's hormones, we can start making sense of the ideas in Men Are From Mars. Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast is for heart-centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. On episode 185, I'm joined by Dr. John Gray. John is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. It was the number one best-selling book of the 1990s. Dr. John has written over 20 books and helps men and women better understand and respect their differences, both in a personal and professional relationship setting. He has appeared repeatedly on Oprah, as well as the Dr. Oz show today, CBS This Morning, Good Morning America, and others. But it's interesting to hear in the interview with him how he has been cancelled over the last two decades. Maybe his views are controversial. Maybe they are counter-narrative. My invitation to you is to listen in with curiosity, to learn something, and to implement something that may help you in your own journey. We have an incredible conversation. It lasts an hour and a half. What a gift I received in being able to spend an hour and a half with such a wonderful man who has impacted so many lives. We have made it a two-part special. In part one, you're going to hear some of the basics behind this idea of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. John has a great sense of humour. I hope that you enjoy this first 45 minutes of an hour and a half long conversation. If you have any questions, do forward them to podcast at abty.co.uk. And here we go. Episode 185, part one with Dr. John Gray. John, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thank you. Here we are in 2022, two Martians about to be talking about love for the next hour. How cool is this, right? That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so it's 30 years since the original book came out, and I'd love to get to you know some of the beyond Mars and Venus, but can you help set us the context? Just help for anybody that's lived under a rock for the last 30 years and that may not have read your best-selling book. Give us well, some of the context. It still continues to be a bestseller around the world. It's amazing. It's some basic understanding of our biology. You know, there's something called hardware and then there's software. And a lot of people's software today is very different than it was 30 years ago, which is why I have the later books. But some people's software is pretty much the same as it was 30 years ago and the way it was for a long time. And because software changes, hardware is hardwired. We are, we are men, we are women. And because of that, we don't instinctively understand where our partners are coming from. Uh, for example, one of the popular ideas of men are from Mars is that men go to their caves. 
And it doesn't mean we're upset with our wives. It could be anytime a man is stressed, he needs to be quiet for a while. You know, in the ancient days, they'd meditate, you know, and in meditation, one of the goals is to forget everything, just to forget everything, empty mm -hmm. your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was primarily not taught to women, okay? It was primarily taught to men. And you can go to India and you can find out. Women say, oh, that's very, very difficult. I can't do that. Modern women can learn to meditate. and It can be very helpful because they're more on their male side, but they still don't have the hardware of a man. So it's not gonna be as easy for them, generally speaking, to let go of the stress of the day by just forgetting it. But the design of men is such that uh, we need downtime where we're, where we're producing hormones of masculinity. And if we come home and we suddenly start interacting with our family and our wives every day, we're producing the, the hormones of nurturing and love. And those are feminine hormones. Now it's okay for us to have feminine hormones, but too much will actually push our male hormones down. Mm -hmm. So we need that cave time. And that was a surprise to women. Many women went, Oh, that's so good because I thought he was angry with me. And I wondered why when I asked him a lot of questions, he just becomes more angry with me. Uh, and his experience is often that, you know, I wasn't angry with you, but now you keep bothering me, <laughs> getting angry with you. He needs to have some alone time. And women, on the other hand, need more connection time. Connection creates estrogen, progesterone. These are female hormones that regulate the stress levels in her body. So if she comes home from work and she has some stress, she can talk about it. And just talking about it actually helps her to feel more connected to her partner, helps lower her stress. Mm -hmm. And she's not always talking about it to get his advice. And that's the big takeaway for men in the book, which is when my wife's talking, she doesn't always want me to interrupt with solutions. And it's literally, if you're a bunch of men together and there's a problem, the guy who comes up with a solution first is the hero, right? <laughs> so we're like ready to go. We're Ferraris to give her solutions, to show her how capable we are, we want to help and so forth. That's not always what's most helpful to her. It's, um, it's really interesting. You know, my wife and I, we've been together 20 years this year. So we're like childhood sweethearts. And we almost like got to a point where, you know, we got to that point where we had second child and we started to do this and unfortunately we had a bit where we had to bang our heads together and and in and in banging our heads together we we started to to read things like this and and the five love languages and and then we started to understand that what was love to me wasn't love to her and i think that's that's the general premise of of your book isn't it it's understanding yeah, yeah. that that love means different things like how do you how did you make sense of of that because I, I would have needed to have read that book uh, far sooner than what I, what I did. I probably would have benefited from being given that at school age, you know? Well, the first one, one of the chapters in Men Are From Mars as well is our, our different love languages. And I take a different approach than Gary Chapman in the five love languages. Mm -hmm. uh, from my point of view, the five love languages, actually, uh, every woman needs those. Okay. Mm -hmm. If she doesn't, she's missing a part of herself. Mm -hmm. I look at it biologically as well. Biologically, whenever you're the recipient of something, it produces estrogen. Mm -hmm. And whatever you're giving, producing a result is producing testosterone. And men mm -hmm. need 10 to 20 times more testosterone than women. Women need 10 to 20 times more estrogen than men. Mm -hmm. So literally all of those five love languages is about receiving. And many men, when they do those, will say, well, my favorite is, to, is, uh, is acts of service. But that actually, every man wants acts of service. It makes us lazy. 
Uh, it's when we're serving women, that's what raises their estrogen up to the highest. And many women don't feel, uh, they don't, they, they basically value communication a lot more and yeah. intimacy. But see, all of those five love languages, every man can take note, even though she says she only wants two uh, or one, <laughs> all five is what the answer is. And for men, the love language of men is for women, when men do these things for her, for her to then appreciate and appreciate what he does for her. So that that's my love language is very gender specific, which is anything you do that meets a woman's need. If she responds to it with appreciation, your testosterone goes up. Second one is anytime you make a mistake and she still loves you and says, it's not a big deal. She's giving you the message. I accept you just as you are. Sometimes you're wonderful. Sometimes you're not, but I love you just the way you are. That's a very powerful thing for men. Men need to feel accepted just the way they are. And women, they want to be accepted the way they are, but the primary for her is no, I want you to under, understand why I'm this way. You know, I'm upset because I've got 50 things going on in my head. I don't want you just to go, hey, no big deal. I'll just watch TV and accept you just the way you are. No, she, she wants you to understand yeah, yeah. what you're going through. And a lot of these ideas I learned, of course, in my world is yeah. they're very controversial because they're not taught in universities. Sure. And I, it's, it's taught from my own experience of being a therapist and having a, a wonderful marriage. So that particular one about uh, acceptance, I'll tell you a funny story with that. So it's the first year of my marriage and, and Bonnie was, I don't know what she was upset about, uh, upset about something and making a lot of noise. That's what women sometimes do. See me, I'm upset, okay? And so I just decided I was gonna go for a drive and sort of hide as I was walking through the house to get into my car. <laughs> and she says, where are you going? And I said, I think I'm just gonna go for a drive. And she says, why, why? And I said, well, I just like to go for a drive. And she says, don't you see how upset I am? <laughs> and I said, well, actually I do. So uh, the truth is I love you. So I figure you'll get through it yourself. I don't want to interfere. Cause see, that's accepting someone they can handle it themselves and yeah. do it themselves. And she said, that's so unloving of you, John. I said, what do you mean? And mm -hmm. she, she explained a little bit. And I said, well, let me defend myself. So I don't recommend men doing this, but yeah. it's what I said at the time. I said, uh, look, honey, if I'm upset, I actually want you to ignore me and go somewhere else. Leave me with, to handle it myself. And it, 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 in this case, I'm just giving you what I would want. And she says, well, I want you to understand what I'm going through. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's where I realized that Men often want just acceptance. Women want to feel understood. And, and, and of course, you take that further. And in, in the 90s, when I wrote that book, the, you know, the number one complaint women had at that time, it, it wouldn't be the number one now, but it's a complaint there, which is men don't listen. Men don't mm -hmm. listen. They always say, and, and being a man, I always listen. It's just, then we say something like, well, don't worry about it. And they go, see, you're not listening. Yeah. And what they want, and they, they weren't articulating it either. So it was very confusing to men. So I said, men, just don't talk. <laughs> yeah. And, and if she asks you questions, well, what do you think? Don't tell her what you think. Instead, ask more questions, you know, help me understand that better. Mm. Uh, she talks a little bit. Well, tell me more. And, and what else? These are things that pull what draw women out. And ironically, it's, this is sort of counterintuitive. But when you listen to a woman, you're actually penetrating her. You're in the male energy of penetration. 
and she's being penetrated if you ask questions it's kind of like sex so but everybody's got it backwards <laughs> she wants to get you to talk you was and and they feel insecure you know because what happens is uh, when a man is listening to a woman sometimes he has to think about what she said you know it's like is this irrational? Is it something I'm supposed to do? That I do something wrong? But is it fair? Or why is she so bothered about? You know, so we're puzzled. It, it could be a, a million different things we're thinking. But as soon as we go thinking, we go very left brain. Yep. And it's our right brain that feels connection. I could also say we're going very masculine. Whenever you're analyzing and thinking, you're on your male side. And this is not saying women don't have a male side. Women do. They have more of a male side today than ever before. And the challenge for them is to get back to their female, which is why I've written other books. Mm -hmm. But at that time when he is analyzing, thinking about, considering, mm -hmm. what am I going to do about this? He'll tend to detach in her experience. Hey, my friends, thank you for listening to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I hope that you're enjoying the interview. I would be really grateful if you would just take a moment to pause and just leave this podcast a review whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast, I'd be grateful for you to leave a review and help more people experience our podcast and our message of heart-centered leadership. I am so grateful for you pushing play and spending time with us here at Always Better Than Yesterday. If you do go on to leave a review, please just take a screenshot, share it, tag us in at Always Better Than Yesterday UK. And when you do, I will send you a 20% off to our merchandise store as a little thank you from me to you. Here we go, back to the interview. And so then she feels, what happened? What's going on? Because they need for female hormones mm. and well-being, they need to feel connection, a greater sense of connection than a man. So what she'll do is say, what are you thinking? And please, men, don't tell her what you're thinking in that moment because you haven't finished putting it all together. You see, yeah. what we're trying to do is figure out, okay, what's the best response? Okay. <laughs> Not, we're kind of like in the middle of it. And she'll say, so what are you thinking? And they, so you'll say something. And then she'll say, well, why are you thinking that? Why would you feel that? <laughs> and now you're in a big argument. So you can't just say, uh, uh, I'm thinking nothing. You could just say, well, I'm just thinking about what you said, but I need more information. Help me understand mm -hmm. it better. So that's the friendly way of now coming back to you're the masculine energy penetrating her. So that would be, you know, one of the examples of that book. Another really wonderful takeaway for men. I just realized, you know, I'm a good provider for my family, but that's not enough. Today's woman, she needs more to make her more feminine. They need lots of little things. Yeah. So on, on Venus, we might put it that way. Um, every act of love scores equal to every other act of love. Yeah. And that's not the way the work world is, okay? <laughs> it's yeah. not everybody gets the equal response. You do something great, you still get paid the same as everybody else. That's communism, by the way. <laughs> and that's, that's also, according to the new terminology, that's equity. Equity yeah. is we all go to work, we all get paid the same, but you're sitting on your ass and I'm doing all the work and we still get paid the same. That's mm. not going to ever motivate men. That's why you see you know, authoritarian governments crash and the people go down, the economy goes down. Equitable is, is nonsense, you know, if you in the work world and in the home life, you see, if a child is sick, they're going to get more attention. That's okay. You know, they need more help. It's based upon what do you need? But on the in the work world, it's based upon accomplishment and achievement. 
and that stimulates male hormones. If men don't have that uh, ability to compete, to do more and get more, they become lazy. This has just been seen over and over and over. Now I give the biological explanation for it because men thrive when their testosterone levels go high and the testosterone levels go high when what you do is appreciated more if you do more. So that's the dynamic. So anyway, coming back to the practicality of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. If a man brings a woman 50 roses, he doesn't understand she's different from him. He thinks that's 50 points. You know, that's a, that's a big score. That should last a month or something, right? <laughs> you can bring one rose, you'll have the same response as 50 roses. And that is a surge of estrogen. And estrogen is where she feels well-being. And if she already has plenty of estrogen, then one rose actually is considered romantic. If she doesn't have much estrogen, you can give her one rose or 50 roses, and it's not romantic. It's like, well, you should give me roses. I did all these things for you. <laughs> so it's all, once we understand this dynamic of women's hormones, men's hormones, we can start making sense of the ideas in Men Are From Mars, which is women need a consistent flow of reassurance. Like I need to feel appreciated. So I have to work, you know, in my work world, I feel acknowledged and appreciated. If I go on a vacation for too long, I just uh, get bored. Uh, that it's, uh, <laughs> I need to work because when I work, I get acknowledged and appreciated. And this is an interesting thing, which is a man primarily needs to get his acknowledgement, his appreciation. Trust is another big thing. What men need to feel is trusted. We need to get that from our work primarily. Then we get it to go, our sense of well being increases by providing something for our spouses. Mm -hmm. It's very important that a man has a sense of, I'm fulfilled through my work and I'm more fulfilled when I can provide for my partner. It's, mm -hmm. it's think of marriage as kind of like the dessert, but you have to have personal well being. And, you know, women will always say, or therapists will say, you have to love yourself and then you can love another person. Well, that's particularly true for women, but for men, it's about you have to have a certain degree of success on your mm -hmm. own. Independence mm -hmm. produces masculinity. Mm -hmm. Dependence produces femininity. And before the women listening get upset, we, we I'm dependent too. I'm dependent on my wife for many things. I depend on food for things. I depend on work for things. Dependence is not a bad word, you know? <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like women feel dependence means that they have no freedom to be all that they can be. That's right. You can be independent, but your female hormones and women need 10 to 20 times more mm. come from places where you feel I need you and I can get support. I depend on you for certain things and I can get support and a kind of a, a, a key thing for women, which I talked about in the book, explaining to men that women need attention. If you go down the, the love needs for women and just simplify them, it's they need messages that you care. And that a way of understanding that is the word empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I have a, a new car and somebody scratches it, it's like they scratched me. Oh, my car, I just got bumped. That's what we're supposed to, that's called empathy. <laughs> that's what we're <laughs> supposed to do for our wives when they're upset is have a sense of empathy. Oh, 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 your pain is my pain, that kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Even for little things. Men are really good at being empathetic for big things. Mm -hmm. But to realize it's the little things that stimulate the estrogen in women, as long with the big things as well. But she doesn't, so caring, demonstrate that you care about her. So what's a romantic date is you plan it. But practically speaking, 
how do you plan a date when so many other times you suggested things and she didn't want to go? Mm. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. So men typically will just go into, well, then what do you want to do? And just yeah. leave it at that. And we also will tend to the, to the, we'll wait till Friday night to say, hey, honey, what do you want to do this weekend? Or even what do you want to do tonight? Yeah. As if he's being romantic. But in her mind, that means you don't care. If you cared, you would give me plenty of time to prepare for this, to create this a special event. So you, you discuss on Saturday what you want to do next Saturday. Mm -hmm. Give her advance warning. But how could you do that if you don't understand that's meaningful to women? You need to understand her. So that's the key phrase, again, why women would complain the most. And that's how I came up with these uh, emotional needs that we have, is you just look at where women's complaints are. They're always complaining and counseling. Well, he just doesn't understand. He doesn't listen to me. I'm not important to him. Now, I'm not important to him. What does that mean? That means I don't respect her. So it's not, you see, women will often say, my husband doesn't appreciate me, but actually he does. But what he doesn't do, he doesn't respect you, which means he doesn't understand what you need and then rise up to do that for you. So once, mm -hmm. once men start understanding these different things that really, uh, are important to a woman by doing those things then she feels then she's being respected then she will actually feel i'm being appreciated because <laughs> you know my wife used to say you just don't appreciate me to find that i could translate that into i'm not doing enough for her yeah you see if i'm appreciating somebody it means i'm letting them do things for me you know if my wife cooks for me and she does things for me and i sit there and go oh, i appreciate her so much because she's doing things for me appreciation is a response to somebody's doing respect is honoring somebody's needs and doing for them mm -hmm. so it's very confusing messages because uh, it was very funny i with the appreciation thing because bonnie would say i just don't feel appreciated and so i sit on the phone with my best friend my buddy from 20 years and I'd say, you know, I'm just so lucky to be married to my wife. She's so amazing. She's, she like cooks for me. You know, she makes the bed in the morning. I mean, I feel like I don't have to do anything around here. She's so supportive. I'm just so lucky. I just thank my lucky stars that she's in my life. Isn't that appreciation? Absolutely. It's, but as she's listening to the call, she's actually becoming more and more upset thinking, yes, I do everything. I do everything. You do nothing. <laughs> That's not appreciation. That means you're not being respected. You're not being seen. You're not being heard. You're not yeah. being understood. He's not motivated to do things for you. And so we've got these built-in sort of obstacles. If we don't understand what we're dealing with and we just follow our feelings, people just do what they feel like doing. Well, I feel like eating ice cream all day long, but I'll become fat. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I can't yeah. I do eat ice cream. I just have moderated. Okay. So I do what I like to do, but only up to a certain point. Freedom has limitations. And a lot of people just can't deal with their freedom. It's a hard thing to deal with. You see people who suddenly win lotteries, they go nuts. Uh, <laughs> you see people who make a lot of money suddenly, they, they, they become drug addicts. You know, they go to rehab, they're unhappy, they commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Freedom means, means that you just do what you like to do. And that's too much estrogen, either for a woman or for a man. It's just too much. Uh, back in the days, in the Greek days, all the way back there, all the way up to this century, uh, a third of the population was generally of women was depressed, hmm. uh, had anxiety, neurosis, panic attacks, dizziness. Uh, this is where the whole idea about women can't make 
big decisions. Ah, it's too much, too, too overwhelming for me. Normal women could make decisions, but it was the rich women who were depressed mm. because they didn't, they didn't have, they didn't use their male side at all. They didn't have to earn money. They didn't have to do anything. So what they had was a, a neurosis called too much estrogen, too many female hormones. And the solution for that and, and was the worst solution ever, which they say, oh, you should rest. You can still see it in the movies where the woman's upset about, oh, you should rest. No, she should go out and work in the fields or clean the kitchen, you know, do some kind of work to balance her pr protected status where people would shop for her and comb her mm -hmm. hair for her mm -hmm. and put on her clothes for her and you know when a woman can't be on her male side she becomes a little crazy but if she goes too far to her male side which is happening today she doesn't become crazy but she becomes unhappy mm -hmm. and, and she's unhappy with the man in her life she's unhappy with little things start to bother her more and more and more yeah. because there's a hormonal imbalance inside of her and i'll say the same thing for men Men also become very picky and demanding and unhappy or unmotivated. They lose their motivation when, when their male hormones aren't being produced enough, okay? Mm. Their estrogen levels are too high. Uh, you know, this happened to me. It happened to all of us in the 60s. I was a hippie and I did what I liked, you know? We demonstrated for war. We had sex whenever we wanted it, no commitment. Uh, and doing what I like to do actually weaken my male side and so we have a whole generation of males today who to a great extent because women are making so much money they don't feel the pressure i have to work to get a woman i can just <laughs> i can just go online and get a woman <laughs> do you think so that that's, a, do you think that's bringing a degree of um i think there's a tirade against masculinity uh, in general and 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 i i think maybe that's because we're seeing a demonstration of a lot of toxic masculinity rather than pure form, true masculinity. What would your perspective on that be? Well, first of all, I, I would like to correct the terminology. I know that's the terminology out there. I would never say masculinity is toxic. I say yeah. toxic men yes. and there's toxic women and they just show up differently. Uh, but masculinity is beautiful and masculinity mm. is what built these countries and created, <laughs> it's built the world. Okay. Uh, and, and, and not to minimize females, the mothers of all these men who loved mm. them and made mm. them into good men when they were good men. And when the mothers weren't happy because they didn't have a good man, uh, then you've got boys who grow up who don't know how to serve a woman. If you mm. have a happy mother, a fulfilled mother who loves your father, uh, then you you have no ego around serving women. I love serving women. You know, I, I just love it. And if, if I don't get appreciated for that, though, I have a dark side that says, then why bother? Then mm -hmm. I don't care. And what's interesting is, is when men don't get love, they go into, I don't care. They lose motivation. When women don't care, when women don't feel loved, they go into, I don't trust. Mm. See, this is, it's just an automatic reaction. Well, then I can't trust. And though, so think about how this works. If I can't trust a man to do, do things for me, then what are you going to do? I'll do it myself. And now she goes to her male side because today she has the freedom to do it herself. In the past, the culture said, hey, uh, you can't get a job. You can't, you don't have education. So you need to find a man. You need to depend on him. You need to find how to get him to do stuff for you because mm. there's an art to that. There is an art. And we, we didn't really have to be so artful at it in the past because women usually picked a man who she didn't ever have to complain about. 
Hmm. See, if you don't complain to a man, you'll always bring out the best in him. And if you don't expect more from him at home, then you'll bring out the best in him. What you expect from him is what he does when he's outside the home. That's how women pick men. It's such a paradox, isn't it? It's such a paradox, isn't it? You can can see every opportunity to improve someone and yet to improve them, you're not to say it. That's right. That's right. And, but there's a, but see, in those days, you didn't have to improve him. Women, you see, if you go, go back, I remember being at the Galapagos Islands and, at night, they all the birds have sex and these big birds. And the women are basically checking out the on the ground. The women are circling around mm. and the guys are all down there showing how powerful they are. Okay. And they wingspan and this thing happens under the throat. And they're and the women pick the guy who she doesn't have to change. Hmm. Uh, see, today, if you pick a guy today, he has to change because he doesn't know what you need. In the old days, men didn't have to change because society told them what a woman needs. What she needs is you to have a job. And when you come home to never get angry, that was it. You yeah. never get, never strike her, get angry with her. And men have no need to get angry if women are not trying to change them. Mm. But today's woman needs a man to change because she has different needs. and He hasn't been instructed on those. It's not enough just to have a good living. You know, the, a woman wanted a strong, protective man. She wanted a man who had a job and, and that was it and wasn't an alcoholic. Okay. So if you got those three things, you, you've got heaven, but we've evolved as a human race where women have gone to their male side, which means what, what do they need a man for? Many women ask today, why do I need a man? So many women are single because they don't, why do I need a man? I make all this money. I can mm. get a sperm donor. I can have children if I want to have children. <laughs> so what do I need a man for? It's called, this is what we all need is human contact. We, we interact through love. You, you don't have love until you can make love. Making love is really what marriage is about. Marriage is the guy, you pick the woman that you want to have sex with, basically, who will have sex with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is a major biological component. These hormones of well-being are all sex hormones. It's estrogen mm-hmm. is when a woman's estrogen levels rise uh, you know, in the like 20 times higher than she wants sex more than men. This is um, a key factor. Women love sex when their estrogen goes up. If their estrogen is low, they have no awareness of their need for sex. Uh, this is basically what drives us all is the need for comfort and shelter and food mm-hmm. and sex. You know, this is the primitive hormones that keep us breathing, that keep us digesting, that keep us feeling well-being, that uh, trick our brain into making love into making a, a commitment for a life yeah. <laughs> uh, they just feel so good but we don't know how to keep those now when women are on their male side they're making male hormones rather than the female hormones when men are on their female side the freedom to do what you like they don't have the pressure see there's a pressure that men need to feel just like going to the gym if you want wow. muscles you have to feel the pressure you know you have to push harder and push harder and it was part of the social engineering of the past, which was to create a culture that supported men being masculine and a culture mm. that supported women feeling feminine as best as we could. Today, we have a conscious social engineering that's pushing women to be masculine and pushing mm. men to be feminine. And it just doesn't work because our hardware, our yeah, hardware yeah. is different. I, I, I saw you speak and I loved seeing you speak at uh, Tim Gray's um, Health Optimization Summit back in May. 
And um, I think you were talking about, obviously, we know that the love chemical is oxytocin. And one of the interesting things that you shared was that it is it responds differently to in both men and, and women. How, how do how does oxytocin manifest in different ways for, for men and women? There's no research showing oxytocin lowers stress in men. There's research that shows oxytocin lowers stress in women, but doesn't even explain why oxytocin lowers stress. It lowers stress because oxytocin is a hormone when, and it will happen in men and women. The hormone is when you feel safe, when you can mm. relax. As soon as you can relax, men lose all motivation to do anything and they feel passive and their stress levels will go up. Mm. Whereas women, when they can relax, then they're not worrying about the world, then something that doesn't lower their stress. What lowers their stress is when a woman, and we don't have the research on this yet. This is my book. This is my experience mm -hmm. of 50 years, but this is combining it with other research and using logic to connect them together. We know that whenever a woman's stress levels go down, her, whenever, what we know in research is that when a woman's estrogen levels are low, then she will be stressed out. And then if you create, a, you stimulate in her body oxytocin, then her stress levels will start to go down. But why does her stress level go down? Because oxytocin says I'm safe. Yeah. Then if you feel safe, then I can relax and depend on someone for pleasure, for food, for happiness, for support. It's mm. the, because we know that women are stressed out if their estrogen levels are low. And so safety allows her to feel like, oh, you protect me, I can depend on you. Yeah. It's the depending on you. Even if you look at uh, oxytocin, it always gets produced through non-sexual touch. Yeah. So you get a woman getting a massage, major stress reducer, not just because she feels safe, because she feels I can relax and I can enjoy the pleasure of a massage. I can depend on you to not attack me. I can depend on you to give me pleasure and support my body. It's that mm. feeling I can depend on you and get what I need from you yeah. that lowers her stress. So oxytocin itself doesn't do it. And for men, oxytocin never has been associated with lowering stress. They never emphasize that in all the study because they don't look at how men and women are different. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you know, there's, uh, if we apply that to basics of relationship, what is the standard thing that happens in the newness of a relationship? There's danger. Am I going to be rejected? Am I not? There's challenge. What can I do to make her happy? Is this the right person? Do I want to be with this? For all those, that's danger. Okay. That's decisiveness mm. and danger. That's risk. It's so that that's called newness. Any situation which is new is also yeah. dangerous because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Mm that's known to be dopamine stimulating. Yep. So in the newness of a relationship, you have dopamine going up. When dopamine goes up for men, well, if you're a man and you're in danger, what's your instinct to do? Okay, is to solve some problem. You see, you've <laughs> got to have the fuel to like protect and fix and solve whatever. So yep. naturally when dopamine goes up in a man, his testosterone goes up. For women instinctively, when danger is there, you look to where's your support? Who's going to help me? It's not that I don't look for where am I going to get help, but I'll first look to myself because ultimately, if I can solve the problem myself, then I'll produce more testosterone. Mm. I'll have a statue built for me, right? So this is, yeah. you know, when, when the people day today say, oh, how sexist we were in the past, that all these statues to men. Are you kidding? 
women figure this up. Women want those statues for men. Women know that if we give these guys statues, they'll give their lives for us. You see, we need to feel <laughs> it's how do you stroke the man? How do you stroke the woman? How do yeah. we give each other what we need so we can be our best self? And culture did its best to do that and brought us to this amazing place of the freedom. Okay, so now we want freedom, equality, but equality doesn't mean sameness. That's this foolish idea <laughs> that, you yeah. know, that we're all the same because we're not. So equality basically means equal respect, a potential to get opportunity and so forth. But we have to earn it on our male side and we deserve it unconditionally on our female side. And ultimately, just like in a relationship, we need a politics in the world that's kind of an integration of everybody gets the bottom line, what they basically need should be available to people. Mm -hmm. But if you work harder, or you're more talented, or you're more skillful, you get more. That's just the way it is. You know, it's, it's just that you earn more, you do more, you earn more. That's the motivating factor for our, our male side. Mm -hmm. So in a relationship, basically, if a woman doesn't know what she needs, the man will lose all motivation. Also, then what I was that's another point. I want to finish the point on safety. As soon as you, and this happens to all of us in relationships to various degrees, once the newness is gone and familiarity has set in, different brain chemicals get produced. You no longer get that surge of dopamine that will raise a man's testosterone. And same thing for a woman. When that newness is there, her estrogen levels will go high. So a lot of therapists will always, this is standard therapy, which is if you're not feeling so excited or attracted in your relationship, you need to get away from your kids and go somewhere new and different. Uh, that can spark some of those surges of testosterone in men and surges of estrogen in women. But now you're dependent upon newness, to generate newness, which is still good. Everybody likes to go on vacation, go do, do something different. We all need that for our spirit and soul. No, no problem with that but you're not getting the same consistent testosterone in a man and consistent estrogen in a woman. So in spite of levels of dopamine or newness, if you have good communication skills, which are based upon men saying and doing things that raise a woman's estrogen mm -hmm. and a woman responding to his doing in a way that raises his testosterone, you're no longer dependent on high dopamine levels in mm -hmm. order to feel passion for each other. And so it's about polarity. And that polarity today is called sexist. And I've been canceled. I'm not allowed to teach at Stanford anymore. I'm not allowed to teach at Harvard anymore. There's demonstrations. They would have to get politic. They'd have to get police to collect. It just, I'm a bad man on the university campuses because I say that men and women are different. And that started for me in the year 2000. I've been canceled from national TV in America. Mm. Uh, for basically 25 years now. I was on every show. I was on Oprah's show, Today's show, this show, everything. They loved me. They got positive responses. And then the feminist came in and said, he's sexist. You can't have him on the show. And that, that's been the case. I'm not, I'm anti-narrative. We all know there's this narrative now. And to put it in clean words, there's a narrative to, to denormalize heterosexual marriage and family. They want to break mm. up the family. They, th this is like, this is Marxism. You, you can't have family units. Otherwise you don't have slaves. Once you have everybody dependent on the government, <laughs> you, 
Mm-hmm. They're going to be slaves. So back to marriage. I, you see, I can't help but get a little political with all this because no, the, I, I find it fascinating. I find it. I find it really. You know, I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to have that conversation because I think you know sensible people can can entertain a variety of different perspectives. And uh, you know, I, I I find that I find it's really interesting how you can go from flavor of the month, you know, flavor of the decade, you know, one of the best selling books of an entire decade. Yeah, yeah. To nothing, 10 years later. Absolutely none. Uh, and, and well, I mean, I, I don't need to talk so much about that, except that today's society is going in the wrong direction. What we have is 87% of the population on antidepressants. Yes. This is insanity. This is like crazy. Yeah. And what I'll say is if they measure women's cortisol levels, see, all mental distress is a reaction to high levels of stress hormones. But first it comes mental distress. Okay, I feel isolated. I feel unappreciated. I feel unloved. I feel unsupported. I'm confused. I'm not getting what I want. I'm behind. Uh, I'm a victim. All All these messages come into the brain that produces I'm in danger. I can't get what I need. And once you start producing those I'm in a danger hormones, they then go back up into the brain and reinforce all your negative thinking. Mm-hmm. It just reinforces it over and over. So if you feel like a victim and then you suddenly want to get money for being a victim, then your brain has to develop more and more. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. The same thing in relationships. If I have to complain and be unhappy to get what I want, then suddenly these, this wiring in the brain, neural connectors grow more in terms of focusing on what I don't have. And this wiring's already there, it just gets reinforced. There's research in the brain showing that when you're in the left prefrontal cortex of the brain, you see what's good, you're optimistic. And mm-hmm. when you're on the right side of the brain, you see what's not good. And if you're producing stress hormones, you have a 10 times more bias towards looking at negativity rather than what's good. Mm-hmm. And so this is all just simply stress hormones. And the most interesting thing is that Stress hormones are completely controlled by, if you're a man, are you producing more estrogen than testosterone? And if you're a woman, are you producing more male hormone than female hormone? Put it simply that way. Because it's not just estrogen for women. Half of their cycle, it's estrogen. The other side of the cycle, they still need estrogen, but they need more progesterone. Mm. Now, I said a lot there. It takes <laughs> took me like nice. 10 years to understand women's hormones. So, but a short thing for the guys listening, you're a married guy, check out when her period is. And about six, about a week after her, her period is over, uh, you should already be, have been in converse five days after her period. It's good to be in a conversation about what to do next weekend on a romantic <laughs> date, because now you're basically, she's getting closer to ovulation. That's when she needs, she feels her needs the most. And when she feels her needs the most, that's when you can score the most points with her. So a nice romantic date will help her to feel like I'm not alone. I have love and support. He cares about me. I'm important to him. I feel respected by him. I'm a priority to him. These are all important things for women Mm. to have your actions demonstrate. And if you did them like two days after her period, it doesn't have a big effect. If you did it after ovulation, it doesn't have the same effect either. That's the time when you score your big points. But that's the time when she's most in touch with her needs, aware of what she can get or aware of what she's not getting. So it's, a, it's, a, it's either super good or super not good. Yeah, yeah. And, 
Either way, it's a multiplier. (laughs) Either way, it's a multiplier. Exactly. Then if it's a negative multiplier, I mean, she didn't get what she needed during that time. Yeah. You've got about 10 days now where uh, before she has her period where a part of her is going to go, I, I missed out. I missed out. And that will stay. There's this place of not enough, not enough. It sticks with her because Mm -hmm. after ovulation, her estrogen levels naturally drop down her progesterone levels rise up. So think about, so her needs, her emotional needs have just changed. Mm. But imagine you, you, you went without sleep one night. Well, you're gonna drag the whole next day because you missed out. Mm. Well, when women miss out on what they need to ob- at that time of ovulation, they tend to like keep missing that. Darn, he didn't do this, darn, he didn't do this. And him doing it at that time let's say three or four days later, it doesn't have the same impact. She's still going to feel it's not enough. It's not enough. So there's a timing to women that's very, very important. Just as in Men from Mars, I talk a lot about the timing for men, which is for men, there's a time for him to be separate from you and a time to go into you and a time to pull out of you. And what he's pulling out of you, out of the intimacy, if you pursue him, he'll just keep pulling out forever because he needs to be like a rubber band. He needs to pull back and then he'll start feeling desire and longing Mm. to get close to you again. So, but he has to pull back to experience that longing again. He has to pull back. His testosterone goes up. Now he goes into you. His estrogen goes up. He pulls back. So he's in an in and out movement, just like sex. It's Mm. in and out. If you just go in, you get soft. Okay. It's all over. And women kind of go away. (laughs) Okay. We're done. You know, it's the in and the out. And for women, it's the up and it's the down. It's the up and the down. Is that women need to feel everything is good. And then they have to shift into everything's not good and look at what could be better. That's like I call it in Minute from Mars. I say that's the home improvement committee. Uh, it's that things can be really good and women will enjoy that. And then they think, but how can we make it better? Let's make it better. It's a natural tendency. But when women are looking for how do we make it better, they miss out on how do you make it better is showing him what he can do for you in a way that doesn't try to change him, which is what you were talking about is paradoxical. You feel I need more, but how do you get more without giving the message that he's not giving enough? Because if you say to a man, you're not giving enough, does he feel appreciated? Does he feel accepted? Does he feel trusted? No, he's not getting what his vitamins he needs. Yeah, I love, so I a- love sorry to interrupt you. No, I, I, you I, I, I love the bit where you say he's not actually resistant to change. He just feels unloved. That's exactly right. Nicely put. It, we, we just need love. It's a fuel. And the, but it has a different effect. Okay, so then here's the big um, there's a class at Men from Mars is called how to bring out the best of your partner. Mm. And uh, I think it's in that class. And, but there's this theme I put out. It's very simple misunderstanding. There's a lot of misunderstandings about sex, but this is one of the big ones. In the beginning, men are naturally motivated. They're very attentive. We've got the energy to do it. It's the newness. Okay. So uh, uh, my wife passed on four, four years ago, and now I'm in another relationship. And it's somebody who I had known in China, who's one of my teachers there. And so we're having a relationship. And so she's flying in, right? So I'm suddenly motivated. Okay, I cleaned up the house, you know, I got some flowers, I got it, went shopping, 
you know, everybody knows when you bring guests over to your house, you're suddenly motivated to clean up the house. Okay, this is called uh, newness challenge and all that. Dopamine goes up. You don't want to look like a slob. So <laughs> your dopamine goes up. You now have the motivation to do it. Well, men particularly, testosterone is what motivates men. And so in the newness of a relationship, men have a lot of motivation. But when that newness goes away, men's automatic motivation autom automatically becomes less. Literally, he doesn't have the energy and motivation to do it. Women, on the other hand, so and women have this unrealistic expectation that he's so motivated, he'll always be that way. No, it's not automatic. What you got was these automatic hormones that did that, but they only apply in certain situations. You can motivate them, but you have to learn how to keep a man motivated. Now, men have the unrealistic expectation that little things make a woman happy. Okay, so I don't have to do much to make her happy. You know, on a date, you take her out, you spend a little money, she's happy, you know, you call her up, she's happy. So we have this idea that we don't have to do much to make her happy. And then when we get closer to her, we do one big thing, like we're going to commit, are we going to be marry you, or we're going to provide, do our best to provide for you. That, that's a big thing. So if I do that big thing, that should make her even happier. Mm -hmm. So we have this unrealistic expectation that she'll always be happy and even happier than when we dated her. It doesn't work that way. It's the dopamine that made her so happy, is that you have to do things, lots of little things to keep her happy. And even when you do keep her happy, what will happen is she rises up and she's happy. And then the wave crashes down as her brain starts going, okay, now how can it be better? And she's looking at the problems of it. Now that up and down, if she's experiencing stress in her life becomes rather huge. Okay. It becomes like uh, teeth goes way up, goes way down shark teeth. Okay. As <laughs> a as opposed to nice little hills of mm. everything's happy now and then suddenly everything's not happy now. And, and that literally is these hormonal changes inside of her where now she's going to look at what's not working. Yeah. And at that time, by bringing it up, he, he thinks, what are you talking about? You're just happy yesterday. Everything was fine. And now suddenly there's a problem. You know, we, yeah. we think it should just go on forever in automatic happiness, kind of like a dividends. You know, once you made your investment, you're just going to get dividends without having to do anything. <laughs> no, you have to keep doing the little stuff you did in the beginning. There we go. Part one of our conversation with Dr. John Gray on episode 185. Such a fascinating insight into men and women. And I just wonder what has sparked your curiosity. Be sure to send your email to podcast.abty.co.uk with your questions. Please do share this interview with someone who you think would benefit from listening to uh, Dr. John's insight, his wisdom. Maybe there's uh, someone in your friendship circle that you've read, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, years ago. Forward them this, let them connect with the author himself. Uh, here's some of his um, updated thinking, his updated insights, and be sure to come back next week for part two when you will hear more of this.